reason for his brain disappearing was to uh, prevent an autopsy from discovering the real uh, type of projectile and weapon that was used, which was a gas-operated uh, or gas-powered, electronically operated assassination pistol developed by the Central Intelligence Agency, which actually fired an exploding pellet containing shellfish toxin. I mean, nobody could survive a hit like that. It was absolutely impossible that he could have lived, no matter where he, he was hit in the body with that kind of a weapon. Um, that you learned this while studying this. You were working for the you were working for the military at the time. Yes, I was working for the Office of Naval Intelligence, and I discovered that operatives of the Office of Naval Intelligence actually participated in the assassination. And this is not the Zapruder film that you saw this on. No, this was on hard documentation, paper copy. Uh, then I began looking for a film that would show it because the documentation said that it was plainly visible in a film withheld from the public. Well, it was in 1972 that I saw this documentation. It wasn't until 1988 that I was able to see a copy of the Zepruder film uh, that appeared to show William Greer turning around and shooting the president, William you... Greer being the driver of the car, the Secret Service agent that the documents claimed had done it. Okay, did you, did you originally get that film from Lars Hansen? No, I originally got the film from uh, John Lear who stated that he had obtained it from a CIA operative who was a friend of his. Well, that CIA operative who was a friend of his turned out to be Lars Hansen. How about in a typical Zapruder film that people know? Can you actually see it happening? You know, they would play it often on the anniversary of the assassination of JFK. You're saying if you look closely at the driver, you can see him turning around and killing Kennedy. Well, that's what it, that's what it appears uh, to be. That's what it appears to see. What you see in that film confirms what I saw in documentation, if what we're seeing in the film is correct. Um, we have since obtained a first-generation copy of the original Zepruder film from a member of my intelligence organization from the government of the United States, and we put that on a computer, and we've seen that they have literally scraped the, the emulsion right off of the film. So what appears to be William Greer turning around and shooting the president is actually uh, there's, there's nothing there on the film when you look at it on a computer. So what they've either done is they've planted documents stating that William Greer killed the president and shown them to many people, not only me. I'm not the only one who saw those documents uh, while in the service of my country. And, and one other person uh, who's not, who was never in the military, Linda Moulton Howe, was shown the same documents in the Air Force Office of Special Investigation headquarters at Kirtland Air Force Base by Sergeant Richard Doty stated the exact same thing, and the, the documents were from the same operation majority. So uh, either it's true, and they've scraped the emulsion off the film so that you cannot see uh, anything there, but you can tell that it's not a play of light, it's not reflection, uh, they're hiding something, or they've either scraped the emulsion off the film to create something uh, in our uh, conscious that actually didn't happen. We're not exactly sure what. But one thing it proves beyond any shadow of any doubt whatsoever that they've never been able to prove conclusively before is that it definitely was a conspiracy because whoever doctored the film was a part of the assassination group and they're trying to hide something or lead the public astray. Uh, now, Mr. Cooper, uh, you have a degree in photography, don't you? Yes, I did. Uh, from where? From Long Beach. Long Beach. So, Greer, we're talking here to William Cooper. Where are you right now? 
Uh, I'm in Arizona. I live in Arizona. Somewhere in Arizona. And we also have here Ron from the local band Cats Game. And you're on the Nardwater Human Serviette Show. You mentioned that the driver, Greer, turned on and killed Kennedy. Do you believe Do you believe there are any other shots fired? Like, was he working in tandem with people? Well, I think there were several shots fired. That's obvious. But I believe that, uh, that probably uh, most of the shots were fired from the front, not from the rear. No shots were fired from the sixth floor of the depository building. Um... Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald had nothing to do with the assassination except that he was a patsy, in fact. And uh, we have a photograph of him actually standing in the doorway of the ground floor of the book depository building watching the motorcade as it passes by. So we can prove conclusively that Lee Harvey Oswald was not even uh, inside the building. In fact, he was in the doorway watching the motorcade pass by when the president was assassinated. What happened to the driver of the Kennedy limousine? We have no idea. We found documentation that said that he died in 1985. Um, and uh, if you know anything about the intelligence community, that does not mean that he's dead. How about other figures that were on the scene at the time, like that umbrella man? If you look at the Kennedy assassination, there's a guy holding an umbrella, and it was like a really nice day in Dallas. What was he doing with an umbrella? Well, we believe that that was the, um, the signal. See, once a shot is fired and the president is hit, it must go through to its conclusion. So the first shot, wherever it came from, and it had to come from the front because it hit him in the throat and there was no exit wound, uh, that shot hit the president. The man standing there on the curb saw that, opened the umbrella. That signaled everyone who was uh, involved in the assassination that the president had been hit. That meant that no matter what happened, he could not be allowed to escape alive. Uh, you see, because if he had, if he had escaped alive and lived, then he could have spent the rest of his administration hunting those people down and hanging them by the neck until dead. <laughs> so they were hoping to kill him with the shots or fired safe in the grassy knoll, but they didn't, so the driver had to finish him off. Well, that's, uh, that's exactly what it looks like. And how about Mrs. Kennedy? And she hasn't come forward because she's just afraid? Did well, she... she never could come forward, number one. At the time, uh, the people who were involved in the assassination of her husband uh, were surrounding her children. Her children were in their care, and were in their care for many years thereafter. So, uh, but did, did the Kennedy family receive kickbacks for the loss of their son? Or? We have traced payments to the Kennedy family made uh, um, from a, by an officer from the Coast Guard station at Peanut Island across the property boundary under the Kennedy property. Uh, suitcases of money were delivered to the Kennedy family for approximately six years following the assassination. So we believe that the Kennedy family were convinced that whatever reason their son was assassinated was in the best interest of the country and uh, were paid off to keep their mouth shut. Yeah, so whatever is going on here is obviously worth the loss of a son for money then, Well, as uh, far as they're concerned. Apparently they, they had their price and that price was satisfied, let's put it that way. Have you heard of Dave Emery at all before, from Radio Free America? No, I don't know anything about... Or Tom about Valentine, obviously? No. Well, Dave Emery broadcasts every night on CITR from 10 to 12 on Sunday nights. He's also on KFGC, Los Altos Hills, Berkeley. And he believes in a lot of stuff, a lot of the white Russians that were in Dallas at the time, like George DeMorishold. Forget all that stuff. You don't believe, it. You don't believe anything with Dave Emery? Forget Emery's. all that stuff. If you've never been to Dealey Plaza, take a trip.
John F. Kennedy was killed by the secret society, specifically the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. So now it's a perfect time for you to go into the um, Atlanta lecture video that you've just finished. Uh, hey, just a second, Ron. We're not no, finished no, here. No, we're, no, we're not no, finished no, here. No, it's, okay, just a second here. Let's just get back to this for a second. This is the Kennedy assassination. So you're saying Radio for America, Dave Emery, he says a lot of this stuff is based around the Galen organization. Are you familiar with the Galen organization? Forget that. Forget that. <laughs> forget the Stop forget laughing, it. Ron. This is important. Now, now, let me tell you something. Stop looking at the exoteric or what people are throwing out for you as bait and start looking at the esoteric, the real occult meanings of everything surrounding this assassination. Kennedy was assassination, assassinated in Dealey Plaza, which is in the shape of a truncated triangle. In other words, the top has no capstone. There is an eye in that triangle. It's the underpass under the railroad overpass. Okay? This is a well-known occult symbol for the Illuminati, or those who are illumined, or the guardians of the secrets of the ages. Dealey Plaza also has the forequarters of a Celtic or Druid temple of the sun in Dealey Plaza. It is an exact duplicate, although cut in four quarters, of the temple of the sun, which is the outer courtyard of the Vatican. There is also an obelisk in Dealey Plaza, um, cut into 14 sections, which is the symbol of the phallus of Osiris, the lost word of Freemasonry, the generative force, the light Lucifer, which is the god of, of this secret society. Okay, I mentioned Dave Emery earlier, and we're talking here to William Cooper. Dave, I'm um, sorry, William, are you the only one, Bill, um, preaching these ideals? Is there I'm not preaching anything. I'm just telling people to open their eyes and look at what's there. Kennedy was assassinated on the 33rd parallel, the highest degree, um, the meritorious degree of the secret societies. He was assassinated on November the 22nd. You add November the 11th month with 22, you get 33 again. It also happens to be the anniversary date of the Pope's papal bull condemning the Knights Templar to torture by the Dominican monks under the Inquisition. You subtract the year 1307 when that papal bull was issued from 1963, and you get 666. Kennedy was shot in the head, the throat, and the back, the exact same wound suffered by Hiram Abiff in the Masonic initiation, which they have sworn to revenge. How about the uh, signing of the Declaration of Independence of the United States on July 4th, uh, 1776? That all traces in there as well. That all goes in there. How about the Lincoln assassination? Are there any links to that? Uh, are you into that? Lincoln's been dead for a lot of years. The people who assassinated him are dead. Anybody that's following that around is wasting their time. We need to deal with today, not a hundred years ago. Okay, so is there anybody else that believes these things that you do? Are you the first one to bring this out, William? I'm the first one who's ever looked at it. Everybody else is running around believing all these uh, these uh, disinformation peddlers. Um, who are they? Who are the disinformation peddlers? There are all these people who write a new book every year uh, with with uh, new evidence, with new uh, this, with new that, all pointing in different directions. And one says it's the mafia, and the other says it's the Galen organization. The other blames it on the CIA. The truth is, it's members of all of those who belong to the secret societies. What? How long have you been researching this? Uh, God, for twenty years. For, yeah, about twenty years. Huh? What other media exposure have you gotten? Well, not very much, simply because people who play around with this and uh, really try to get it out in front of the public eye usually end up dead somewhere. You did get a player in Flipside Magazine, right? Yes. Um, how, how much feedback from that? 
Yeah, I got quite a bit of feedback. I was amazed that uh, so many young people who usually uh, aren't concerned about anything uh, except um, getting in somebody's pants and uh, getting high um, were, were really interested in what's going on and where their country is heading. And uh, I was surprised by that because I, I didn't think that that many young people were, and that, uh, that pleased me quite a bit. How about hard copy? Haven't been on any of those or any other future things coming up? Oh, hard, copy, hard copy was going to put on the Kennedy information, and one hour before we were to go on the year, they got a phone call from a... Uh, top executive in NBC and told them if they put me on the air, they'd all be fired. So, <laughs> so that was the end of that. How can a secret be kept so long? I mean, there's have to be some botch-ups along the no, way. It's, it's pretty easy when you think of who owns NBC in the first place. And well, the you, fact you, that, you know, that they, they supposedly have I mean, been building you're, you're these looking UFOs. At it, you're looking at it in the wrong way, guys. That Normally, secrets can't be kept this long. And even though that they have been kept, there have still been leaks. And there always will be leaks when people are involved with anything. And I guess you're a leak. You're a leak. That's correct. But what you're looking at is not just a bunch of guys that decided to assassinate the president. You're looking at an ancient organization that goes back in history for some 6,000 years, which has blood oaths, which is, in fact, a religion, and everybody who belongs in it believes wholeheartedly and completely in what they're doing, and that's the real reason why the secret can be kept. They're promoting a religion with blood oaths that they'll be murdered if they ever reveal the secrets. How about a Canadian link? Are there any Canadian links to the secret? Absolutely. Just walk around in your own town, and pretty soon you're going to bump up against a temple without any windows that says the Masonic Lodge, Masonic Temple, Freemason, Umpity Ump, whatever. Like the one on Agnes Street in New Westminster there. How about Brian Mulroney, our, our Prime Minister? Is he aware? Absolutely. And he just quit, it, it, like, after he signed NAFTA, and that essentially, like, created Kingdom One of the New World Order, and then he got the hell out, like, just after Joe Clark did, you know? Sure, so a new guy can come in and say, well, it's not my fault. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, and continue on and do his part. And actually, on Canada AM last week on on Wednesday morning, he actually said that he was going to move back to Montreal to pursue religious beliefs. That's exactly right. So, what should people do with these Masonic halls? Should they bomb them, Bill? No, I don't advocate violence. I advocate dealing everything within the law. But you have to realize you can put a lot of social pressure on these people. You can just you can just socially ban them from everything in the community. Don't talk to them. They come in your store. Don't serve them. Um, How do you know? It's very easy. Don't invite them to parties. Don't talk to them. Do you shun them? Do you have to shake their hand and have them pressing on your second knuckle or tickling your palm to find out who they are? No, all you got to do is go down to the Masonic Temple when they have their meetings and see who goes in and out. Take a video camera? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take a video camera. Yeah, play it on play idea. it on local access TV and expose who, the, who, the, who these creep uh, destroyers are because they're destroying okay, society okay, as okay, we know it. Okay, 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 Ron, this is not a comedy show. This is serious. And we do have a question from another station member here, um, Bill, to pose towards you, and A.O. Chapman joins us now. A.O.? Hello. 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 Uh, I have a few questions, Bill. Sure. And I'd like to ask, uh, first of all, if you've read the book, uh, The Holy Blood and the Holy Grail. Yes, I have. Uh, now, what is, I'm curious. What is that book first, A.O.? Uh, it's a book written, I guess, about three or four years ago now, uh, and it, uh, among other things, uh, talks about, uh, I'm trying to encapsulate it in words, but I'm just per- perhaps, you know. It opens m- up part of the picture. What it's talking about is, 
is a portion of the reason for the secret society's existence today, and that is to guard the bloodline of those who supposedly, with the, the secret societies believe, have the divine right to rule. The and they are preparing in secret one of these members of that family to be the charismatic political and religious leader of the world right. in the New World Order. Um, okay, and, and sort of... Um so you, you feel that book was pretty much on the, on the line, there was no... Well, they made a lot of mistakes, and they, they didn't carry it to its, to its fulfillment. They mm -hmm. left a lot of, uh, of guesswork up to the reader, but they gave the reader enough clues that if, if they wanted to do their own research, they could come up with the answers themselves anyway. The problem is most people are so damn lazy, they'll never get off their butt and look up anything. Right. Okay, uh, one, uh, one thing we haven't really got into that much today, I guess, is uh, some of your stuff uh, that you've written about MJ-12. Uh, and I'd like to ask, uh, uh, the first uh, the first stuff I ever read of uh, that came across from you was... Uh, what is MJ-12? Is that UFOs? That, that is regarding the UFOs. Uh, and the first st stuff I ever came across of yours was something called the secret government uh, uh -huh. that I think is dated from 1989. Yeah, A.O. Chapman, in the other room there, Bill, he gave me a Xerox photocopy manuscript of yours. It was, like, really cryptic. It was like, passed around. People were, like, showing it to each other and creating all this furor. But then I saw you in Flipside, and I found out you really were a real guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I'm I'm curious to know. Uh, uh, in in one uh, in one excerpt from that, I remember reading about uh, you speak of General Forrestal being, uh, I guess, murdered. Well, he wasn't uh, a general. He was Secretary of Defense, and he was murdered. There's no doubt about that. He was murdered by uh, by. Uh, they threw him out a window and hung him by a bed sheet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And later on, they changed it to say that his uh, bathrobe uh, belt was wrapped around his neck. But uh, that was all. That was all made to to look like uh, he had committed suicide. Right. Now, one thing that you uh, I remember that was stated in the in the secret government paper that I read uh, was that uh, the very last page, I believe, uh, stated uh, some idea or some idea of directions from you to keep uh, keep aware of this stuff. But I'm curious to know. I mean, I, to get into it now, the whole ramifications of of uh, what's stated in that uh, what's stated in that essay. Uh, perhaps is the wrong thing to do right now, but I'm curious to know what actual uh, good phrasing, Ao. What actual what actual things do you recommend to the average person to not only just keep aware but to protect oneself? Because I mean, a lot of this stuff is as strange as it sounds. Well, uh, number one, they have to they have to understand that what's happening in the world today is not the result of any accident. It's the result of a long range plan that is coming into fruition now to break down the sovereignty of all nations, destroy all existing religions, and create a one-world government, a one-world religion, which will be totalitarian and socialist in nature. And with these What's wrong with socialism? With these free trade agreements, they're in the process of destroying the middle class. What's wrong with socialism? Yeah. Socialism is for babies. Okay. Socialism are, is, are, is for people who cannot stand up and be responsible for their own actions, who cannot find their own job, who cannot feed themselves where they decide exactly what they want the goal to be. Then they create two opposing sides, the clash of which will bring about the goal that they wanted, and the people will look at it as if it appeared by magic or by accident or that it was their own idea, so they are more readily accepted. This is not a theory. Uh, if you study history and really get in and study these, these organizations, you begin to see that it's fact okay. and, and, and can be documented. Okay, Bill. Um, I guess we're sort of, we're, uh, we're winding down the time here now. Um, we're speaking here to uh, Bill Cooper, and what would you classify yourself as, just in a couple words or less? Well, I don't know what you mean by that. Like, who are you? Like, if somebody said, I was listening to CITR and I heard Bill Cooper, he's, uh... 
I'm an average, ordinary person just like anybody else, not any smarter, not any dumber, who's really seriously uh, concerned about uh, the future of our freedom. And we also have in the studio here Ron from Cat's Game, who's a devout follower of William Cooper, and A.O. Chapman, who contributed some stuff. I'd like to move just a bit to somebody... I don't somebody, follow anybody. Okay, okay. I'd like to um, get now to some of the UFO stuff here. Well, not UFO, but... Is it my understanding, uh, from what I've understood from seeing your videotapes, is it true that the U.S. Army possesses spaceships and will eventually fake an alien invasion in 1998 in which will unite the world under the leadership of Freemasons? That's one of the scenarios. Or the fact is that um, they could conceivably begin to attack us with this okay, sort but, of super secret okay, technology so, let, 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 about a year before this star is supposed to reappear in the heavens therefore everybody would be in such a state of panic that these that the Illuminati's could say that oh well hey if you guys are all panicking look here's our star we said it would reappear there it is we are right you are wrong and we're taking over so how did the US Army who seems to be bungling a lot of stuff how did they get a hold of alien craft and how long have we had contact with them well, first place, it's not the U.S. Army. It's secret agencies within the United States government that are under control of the secret societies. Uh, these things are being flowed at a super-secret test site called Groom Dry Lake or Area 51 in the state of Nevada. We have them on videotape, uh, extensive footage, both at night and daylight. They are what people normally call UFOs, uh, flying saucers. Uh, some of them are circular-shaped um, that are owned and operated by uh, humans. They're either remote-controlled or have human pilots. We're not exactly sure which, um, but they're not extraterrestrial at all. They're the results of a secret technology that were originally developed by the Germans during World War II, but not perfected to the state of being used as a weapons platform. How did, how did we get a hold of the technology? Like, did we meet aliens? Have we, you not... No, we took it from the Germans. We took it from the Germans. Okay, how did the aliens... Have, have anybody in the U.S. government ever met any aliens? We don't know if there are any aliens at all. But wasn't there, okay, an alien craft that crashed that you maybe, refer back to? Maybe these aliens could have been created in something like a cryogenics lab in the future. Wait a second, can we have Bill answer the question here, Ron? Okay. 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 Sorry, John. Oh, thanks very much. Thanks very much. Oh, so, Bill, I warned alien craft ever crashed, landed? We what? don't know. We know that the government has set up a scenario where there is evidence that seems to point that something crashed, which has been interpreted as an extraterrestrial craft with dead extraterrestrial bodies. But these could have been monkeys with their ears and tail cut off and surgical intervention done to their eyes and... Uh, uh, who knows what it, what it was? Okay, how did the Germans get this technology then? They they developed it with their with their science. So uh, okay, so you're saying okay, okay. Well, just moving something a bit closer to home here. Um, ET let, let me put it this okay. way for you, so that you'll understand it a little better. Governments cannot exist unless the people feel threatened. The primary uh, job of a government is to give the people a modicum of safety. The United States government was formed by a union of the states for their mutual benefit and protection. Okay? Now, to have a one-world government and tear down all the national boundaries, you have to instill the people of the world with enough fear that they're willing to give up what they used to be loyal to and join with something that's new that they don't know what it's going to be. What better way to do that than if the Earth were attacked or invaded by some other species from some other planet, whether real or imagined. 
Okay, what about uh, abductions? Here on the North Shore, well, in Vancouver, B.C., there's something from the North Shore News here, Sunday, February 23rd, 1993. It says, close encounters of the North Shore kind, nine sightings in the past year prompt UFO researchers to look for alien hotspots. And in it, it talks about abductions and alarm sensors going off and dogs hearing whining and people getting radiated. What do you... Uh, how do you... You got to be careful now. Dogs can't talk, so you, nobody knows what dogs hear. Number one, number two, most so-called ufologists or UFO researchers are blithering idiots and wouldn't know how to do any research if you sat down and taught them for a year. And uh, number three, if you start looking into the actual research and development of brainwashing and mind control techniques by the United States, Great Britain, Canada, the Soviet Union, and others. And if you'll look at the mind control experiments and the actual um, um, uh, lobotomies that were performed, performed on people in hospitals in Canada, uh, you'll see that uh, this alien abduction thing is probably the most sophisticated and successful mind control operation ever conducted in the history of the world. And it's designed to make us believe that we're being threatened by some other species from some other planet so that they can have their one world government. But didn't you say in one of your papers that there was an agreement that aliens were allowed to no, pluck people from no, Earth? No, you see, this is what happens. People don't read what I write. What I said was, this is what I saw in documents when I was in naval intelligence. So you're saying there are, you, there are no UFOs out there, probably? No, that's not what I said. UFOs are real. I can prove that at least some of them are owned and operated by humans here on this earth. Okay, they're, re they're humans, but there's no alien ones. We don't know. So you don't know? I don't know if aliens exist or Mr. not. Mr. But Mr. I will Cooper, tell you this. In 1917, John Dewey said this in 1917. What better way to unite all humanity in a one-world government than if we were attacked by some other species from some other planet? But wasn't E.T. based on a true story? E.T.? If what I saw in government documents when I was in naval intelligence is true, then yes. If not, it's just another part of the conditioning of our collective consciousness to accept the reality of something that doesn't exist. And we've, and we've been on the moon since 1948 as well. Yeah, what I'm trying to tell you is nobody really knows, but whatever the truth about UFOs is, it's being used to make us give up our freedoms and join in a one-world totalitarian socialist state, and that's what we better be careful of. How about the Hubble telescope? Does that play into this at all? I have no idea. All I know is what they said about it not being tested before it was launched is a lie. The government never does anything without testing every step thoroughly six or eight times. Oh, question. Yeah, Mr. Cooper, I'm recall reading in the secret document, uh, in the secret government document that I read of yours. Uh, I, it's been a while since I read this, so maybe you can fill in the Meaning mic. an alien krill, right? Uh, exactly. And you said you saw photographs of, of that alien. Uh, were you chalking that, those photographs up that just... That may be part of the, the conspiracy as well? Or? It certainly could, because not too long ago, it appeared in the newspapers in the United States, and we verified it in research, that uh, Walt Disney and the Walt Disney Studios were involved with projects with the intelligence community, and Walt Disney was a 33rd degree Freemason, and most of his executives and people who worked in his corporation were 33rd degree Freemasons also. Mm -hmm. We also found in 1958 and, and in other years where they had uh, symposiums uh, investigating uh, with scientists present investigating the possibility of colonizing the moon and other planets that uh, Walt Disney representatives were heavily in attendance. And also, I recall reading in the same document uh, about the 
uh, I believe it was, sta uh, you, you stated it as a holograph film of the crucifixion of Christ. Uh, I stated that those documents said that that, that existed, but I never saw it. You never saw it, okay. Okay, um, William Cooper here. Re referring back, we're speaking to, to William Cooper, just an average guy phoning somewhere from Austin, Texas. Not average at all. Well, this, well not an average, Ron says. But according to this report um, about UFOs, I'm sorry to dwell on this again, but it says there are several different kinds of UFOs, it says in this article. They range from the bizarre religious people who are trying to put their point or view across to ex-CIA people. We're not fence-sitters, this guy says. Now, you mentioned you're religious before. Were they referring to you when they say they range from bizarre religious people who are trying to put their point of view across? I can't speak for that author. I have no idea who it is, but I'm not a bizarre religious person. This was, <laughs> this was the guy... You haven't heard me preaching anything, have you? No, I haven't. Well, oh. maybe some interesting things, but this guy's Lorne Goldfather from the Texas-based Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Never heard of him, never heard of his organization, and how can he have a center for the study of extraterrestrial intelligence when nobody even knows if such a thing exists? Bill, what type of so, music uh, just do you like? that fact alone makes him sound more like the blithering idiot than anybody else. What type of music do you like, Bill? Uh, I like all different kinds of music, and I play all different kinds of music on my radio show, yeah, all the way from rap to classical. You heard Chuck Berry song So, there so people can tune in to you if they want. Oh, yeah. They need a shortwave. Where is that on the dial? It's a, you first you got to have a shortwave radio, and you got to have a good antenna. The most important thing about listening to shortwave is the antenna, not really the set. Yeah, copper wire works best. Uh, but they can uh, tune in at 7435 megahertz. That's WWCR, and it's worldwide, 100,000 watts. My show is heard in every city and every continent of the world, and occasionally... Uh, they jam my program because uh, the information that I'm putting out is really hurting a lot of their efforts. Yeah, it seems like whenever you really begin to get to the heart of the matter, the program seems to leave the air completely. Um, well, you know, was, you know has, has anybody taken your cause, aside from Ron here, from Cat's Game? Uh, hi, Ron, how are you? <laughs> Uh, Ron, has, has there anybody influential in the American government taken, or, or any officials, low-ranking ones, been converted from what you were saying and are working on stuff? Like, do you have any, like Arsenio uh, Hall, perhaps? Uh, Ar Arsenio Hall, are you serious? <laughs> Get real. <laughs> Arsenio Hall, uh, if anybody's living in fantasy land, he is. He wouldn't know reality if it smacked him upside the head. He is a good entertainer, and I enjoy watching his show, but... Let's not get him confused with reality here. Is there anybody that's come, uh, anybody in entertainment industry, or anybody that's come forward and agreeing with your stuff besides Ron from Cat's Game? Yeah, let's, let's actually direct this towards, like, let's say Oliver Stone here now. I don't want to regress, but uh, yeah, he did, did you attempt to contact Oliver Stone before he went into pre-production for the movie JFK? That's correct. Attempted over and over again hundreds of times to contact him, not only myself, but intermediaries and other people. He absolutely refused to acknowledge our existence or even speak to us. And when you watch his film, you'll see that um, what he's doing is blaming everything on our government. He, what he's saying, in effect, is constitutional government doesn't work, and that's a lie, uh, in order to get us to be dissatisfied so that we'll accept the New World Order when it comes. So do you think that the name Oliver Stone is like a pseudonym and that Stone has to do with the actual basic teachings of the Freemason religion, what you were talking about? A absolutely, and he, absolutely, and he must be a member because he shows in his film that he knows who really killed Kennedy, 
and in the way that he does it, he's actually laughing at the rest of us. Yeah. When the t when uh, Garrison and Prouty are sitting on the park bench in Washington D.C. and they're talking about why, and he says, "That's the question, isn't it? Why? So they who had the power? Who had the opportunity? Who had this? Who had that?" And then the camera moves back, and they become real tiny in the picture. In fact, you can barely see them. And there's one dominating scene. There's one dominating uh, part of that picture. And that is the Washington Monument, which is the obelisk, the famous, the lost word of Freemasonry, the light. So, yeah, so there, there, is, there is an obelisk in sort of the front garden of the Vatican, is there not? There uh, is an, an obelisk? obelisk in the Temple of the Sun. And these are Masonic things, right? Well, that has to do with, uh, oh, I don't Mr. Cooper, would you elaborate on what an obelisk is? And... The obelisk is the symbol of the lost part of Osiris. It's his penis, isn't it? That's right. He's <laughs> chopped into 14 pieces, flung about the land. Isis went to recover him, could find everything but the generative part, the phallus, the penis. It's the symbol of the lost word of Freemasonry. So we're to believe that this thing swam across the Mediterranean by itself and came up out of the water <laughs> at the Vatican or something. Okay, I just want to finish off on the UFO things here. Ron, for a second here, Ron from Catskeen. Um, now, you were in Vietnam. Weren't yeah. you? Um, how come the United States government, okay, the, the people in control didn't use any UFOs in Vietnam or in the Gulf War to wipe out? There were a lot of UFO incidents involved in Vietnam, and I believe they were testing the military or weaponry capability of the craft. Uh, Vietnam had UFO incidents from the very southern tip to the northern tip uh, all the time. They were known as um, NVA helicopters? Well, when, when they were discussed in official dispatches or messages, the code word for UFO activity was enemy helicopter activity. Didn't, didn't any of them crash and the enemy get a hold of them? Not that I'm aware of. How, how about that also, that troop-motivating drug? Is, are there troop-motivating drugs? There are all kinds of drugs given to certain units depending upon what their mission is. Some drugs are just to keep them awake for long periods of time. Some are to give them an artificial form of energy so that they can travel long periods, long distances uh, in short periods without collapse. Um, some are to give them a mental attitude so that they go into battle. They're not afraid. Uh, yes, drugs are used extensively to accomplish uh, certain goals in the military and in the intelligence community. Um, and will continue to be until the people get smart enough to put the lid on these creeps and stop them from all this stuff. How about the RFK assassination? Sirhan Sirhan supposedly was hypno-programmed to kill Robert Kennedy. How, do you, are you into that at all? Well, he was certainly hypno-programmed, but he didn't kill Robert Kennedy. So there Robert is hypno-programming. killed by a close-range shot from within one or two inches behind his right ear, and the only one standing in that position was a security guard named... Caesar, who has since disappeared. And so people can't, but so Saran Saran, can people be hypno-programmed? Absolutely. As I said before, if you begin to study the developments in uh, operational programs of uh, brainwashing and mind control, you'll find that what they can do is absolutely incredible, will blow your mind, and will teach you that right now the possibility of total control over every human being on the face of this earth for every 24 hours of their lives is a distinct possibility in the very near future. Therefore, it is true then that like Mark Lapine, who uh, committed the Montreal massacre, who was on the drug Prozac, yes. also the, the fellow who went into, um, what's his name, he, James Huberty, who did the massacre at the McDonald's, um, they, they were yeah. all on Prozac and all their drugs came supposedly from the same place and that the doctor's name has never been released because... Well, for obvious reasons, right? Sure, this is correct. And I was lecturing about this. I told people this, this was going to happen long before it happened. I wrote it in my book. 
that there would be mass murders committed by ex-mental patients who were on the drug Prozac. Uh, it's just another one of my predictions that came true, but nobody seems to be paying much attention. How about the Bermuda Triangle? Are you into that at all? No. I, listen, let's, let, me, let me make one thing perfectly clear here. I'm not into mysterious things or witchcraft or disappearing ships or anything like that. My only purpose and the only reason I even began to do any of this is because I believe that sometime in the near future we're all in danger of losing the affluence that we've worked hard for. We're in danger of losing our personal freedoms and becoming somebody's slave in the New World Order. And that's the only thing I care about. That's the only thing I'm fighting, and that's the only reason I'm doing any of this. And people can actually go and search out and find CD's UFO bases that are controlled by elements of the American establishment. Not just the American. Uh, you see, we believe that the first flying discs were actually per perfected in a remote uh, area of, uh, of uh, northwestern Canada. So are there any, where, where can people find these, these, these... Go research the AVRO Aviation Company. And they, can order, and they can order your videotape, too. Maybe we should give your address right now, Bill, William Cooper, if you could. On, on your videotapes, which I actually saw, they actually do, you do actually go to great lengths in one of them to show about the Kennedy assassination and how the driver did turn, ar turn around and shoot Kennedy. And another one goes into a lot of the UFOs, and you actually going out there trying to find one of those UFO bases, and you get close to it, but they thwart you away. No, yeah. they didn't escort us away. But we did photograph the craft flying both at night and in the daylight. They did harass us. They threatened us. Did all kinds of things. But, but uh, I'm not easily scared, and uh, I know my rights. So one, they were not one successful. Foot, one foot on the on the wrong side of that line, though, and you, you said they could shoot you or they could charge you. That's with correct. They yeah. have they have the right, and they have been ordered to use. A deadly force, if need be, if you step across the line. Okay, briefly, I would what like to bring address? up... What is address? Okay, on. Give it just a second. Um, it's a miracle. This, this gentleman is on the line here. Um, what I would like to ask you is, um, on, on uh, Project Red Light 2, uh, you see that um, the spacecraft, they disappear from this time. Now, does that mean that they could possibly be carrying human beings either forward or backwards in time. and the That's exactly what it means. And, 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 and if that that's they, true, that it, would, it would certainly explain a, a lot of mysterious things. It certainly would, especially yeah. the Roswell crash, because um, in the future it might very well be possible to sort of create some type of alien-appearing being okay. and then go back to 1948 and drop it in the desert there so that okay. somebody on secret sightings or something like that can say, oh, yeah, 30 years ago I saw an alien being when, in fact, nobody knows that it actually did come from a human-made laboratory somewhere in the future and was dropped back there in order to create sort of a, a beginning of the panic that might happen within the next three to five to seven That's years. That's a possibility. With time travel, it would then be feasible to re-engineer the past yeah. to create a new future. Oh. And that is mind-blowing. It is... It is uh, it's really hard to understand. Okay, okay, now, um, first off, this is live. This is the Nordward Human Serviette Show here, live today, the 26th of February, 1993, and we're speaking to William Cooper. Notice this isn't a tape, as one caller phoned in and asked if it was. It isn't a joke. This is, it, we're, we're, it, this is serious. And if people are interested and want further information on William Cooper, I'd say, first off, if anybody reads Flipside Magazine, the music mag from L.A., which is really great and features articles by KRK as well, there's a big piece that William Cooper contributed that for the past couple issues. You can check that out, or you could write to William Cooper. And Mr. Cooper, if you could explain what you have and your address and phone number and whatnot, please. Well, it's best just to call or write and ask for an information packet, and we'll send you a list of everything that we have and what we're doing. 
You can call uh, my representative. His name is Stan. He's really a great guy. His number is 602-567-6109. That's 602-567-6109. Or you can write to Stan, S-T-A-N, Post Office Box 889, Camp Verde. That's spelled V as in Victor, E-R-D-E, Spanish for green. Uh, Arizona, 86322. That's Stan, P.O. Box 889, Camp Verde, Arizona, 86322. And just ask for a packet of information, and Stan will send you one. If you want it real quick, give him a call. It'll be in the mail tomorrow. Well, thank you very much for speaking to us, Juan Cooper. We're just wrapping down here, and it's, it's really interesting about all this UFO stuff. I didn't, to tell you the truth, when I first heard about what you're doing, I thought you were saying, you know, aliens crashed, we stole their craft, and we have the technology, and people are allowed to be plucked from the Earth. But as you've told me now, that's wrong, right? From what you, you were not, you did not mean that. Well, well my... Who knows everything that's going on? My paper, the initial press release that I did was called Operation Majority, and it was a list of things that I could remember seeing pertaining to UFOs in top-secret documents while I was in naval intelligence. The second document that I released was called uh, The Secret Government, which if what I had seen in those documents was true, and if what I'd been able to research was true, and that others had researched and documents released under the FOIA were true, then it was, in fact, the history as close as anybody's ever been able to write the history of extraterrestrial visitation to this Earth. If not, it's what they want us to believe. And, and in the be in, at the beginning of that, I had a hypothesis statement saying that this is a hypothesis based upon this, this, and this, which has been taken off. And at the end, I had five conclusions. Number five was the fact that this could be the greatest hoax in the history of the world designed to create an alien threat that does not exist to bring about a one-world government, which has also been removed. Where can people find these UFOs in Canada? Do they just have to go out there and study or buy a video and find it? I mean, they want, people want some proof. Where can they delve deeper besides from your stuff Get the in, video. into other stuff? Right after World War II, A.V. Rowe built a veritable city in northwest Canada to work on top-secret aviation developments, one of which was the flying disc, which is called flying saucers or UFOs. Which city? Research A.V. Row. Find Rowe. their secret test sites, and you'll be able to film these things flying in Canada, just like I can film them flying here in the United States. Yeah, actually, the flying disc, it's, isn't it in the national, isn't it in the Smithsonian or one of the old, it, there's actually... The, the air, they, I saw a documentary on it, and they said it was a failed craft. Well, I guess, according to you, that it wasn't was failed. That was to convince the public that we humans don't have the technology necessary to build one of those things, which was a disinformation program called Project Snowbird. Okay, who are the bad guys? Who are the bad guys just right off the bat? The, the Masons? Well, nobody's really a bad guy. you got to understand that these guys aren't doing this because they're evil or they think that they're bad. They're doing it because they actually believe that it's the best for all humanity. But their assumption is wrong. Anything that has to be manipulated, anything that has to be brought about by lies and deceit is inherently wrong in its premise to begin with. So they're fooling themselves. They believe that the rest of us are so stupid that we're just like cattle, and that's what they call us. 
and that they're the only ones with truly mature minds, and that they've got to bring all the rest of us under total and complete control so that they can run the world the way they want to, and they actually believe that there's going to be a utopia because of what they bring about. I saw a flowchart that you did, I was saying more specific, that like Barbara Walters is in on this, like who exactly is in on this? Who, who knows the secret? Not all of these people know the secret. But they're part of it. But they're part of it, yeah. So who are some of them? I just want, like, for instance, like you said, you like Arsenio's show. Arsenio's show is probably produced by Columbia or whatever. And Columbia's, I mean, what are the actual specifics? Uh, you're, you're asking me for something that would take me a long, long time any to tell you. Any, surprise, you any surprising ones? It's been a fat half hour, I know. Any surprising ones, Bill, that you could throw out there just for people in Canada? Like Safeway shopping malls, Woodward's? Well, I, I don't have any idea what would surprise you, but I'll tell you this, that uh, look for, for names and symbols. Uh, for instance, Mazda is the name of one of the ancient representations of the god of this, of this religion. So when you look at corporations like Honeywell and you see that they have a European division named Lucifer and things like that. I mean, you people out there cannot depend upon people like me or anyone else, and I always tell people this, that uh, you cannot ever worship a leader, you cannot believe anything that anyone says, and everybody listening right now, and everybody in this world, in fact, if we're going to maintain our freedom, and if we're going to have a good future, everybody has to learn to do on their own individual initiative what I'm doing. Well, as Damer said, food for thought grounds for further research. That's that's, so you're agreeing one thing that Dave Emery says of Radio Free America. Is that also Procter & Gamble? Because if you line up the little moons in the Procter & Gamble symbol, it becomes 666. Is that, is that part of it? Watch for symbols of the sun and the moon. Uh, Procter Gamble, the head of Procter & Gamble, was on, a, was on a television talk show here in the United States, and he actually admitted that he had made a pact with the devil, and that's what made him rich. <laughs> These sacred societies actually worship the being called Lucifer. Okay, winding, winding up here, we have a question, another, another question from A.O. Chapman. Uh, one thing, Mr. Cooper, I just wanted to ask this before we run out of time here, is uh, with all the things that I've read uh, from your stuff, uh, if the worst, if the most nightmarish situation were to come true, uh, from all the scenarios that you offer may, that may occur, uh, what do you really advise to the average person? I mean, I recall reading the first time I ever read something of yours, which was that secret document, uh, or the secret government uh, essay you wrote. Uh, I felt quite paranoid after all that. I felt quite, uh, quite helpless. Well, that's good. That's, that's the defensive reaction. Okay, right, and, and so what, what do you prescribe uh, as action to the person who now, feel, now you know, realizing this or now uh, aware of it? Uh, what avenue should, should a person like me or anybody out there take? Well, number one, they have to stop being deceived and learn what the truth is. Forget everything that you've ever been taught in your life, no matter who it was that taught it to you. Begin again, starting from scratch, doing real digging real research which is work but it's also a lot of fun and when you discover something that nobody else knows it is gives you a rush better than any drug that you could ever possibly take in your life and learn what the truth is because until you know what the truth is there's nothing that you can do that's, that's number one and that's got to be done after you know the truth and everybody who knows the truth get together band into politically powerful groups and legally take action to change the world from where it's going to a better world. Okay, um, are, you, are you taking any of those steps yourself right now? Or? Absolutely. I've been doing this for a long time. I run probably the largest and most effective uh, private intelligence organization in the world. 
Uh, I have millions of people all over the world that I've woken up and are doing their own research and are helping change things for the better. A caller phoned in off the air and asked if you knew anything about the rail alien, R-H-E-L, alien people. Yeah, I know all about them. Well, well they just wondered what, 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 he thought, what you thought of them. I think it's the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. And what do they say? Because I'm not familiar with them. Very simple. They're preaching Marxism. Oh, and Marxism one world, is bad. One-world totalitarian socialist government. There's a vein running through every one of these people who claim that they have contact, and they're getting messages from extraterrestrials, uh, including Billy Meyer, including the Rail Group, including all of these people, the Chandlers, everything. Shirley McLean? If you get at the major theme of what they're saying, it is socialism, Marxism, the elimination of private property. The, the bringing into the world of okay, the communist okay. dream. Okay, well, um, yeah. Okay, that's your opinion, I guess. I'm not sure. Listen no, it's to the not CIT opinion, it's actual fact. Okay, okay, well, that's the, that's the, okay. Well, I guess the people at CITR, uh, other people listening might disagree with that. But anyways, um, moving away from that. Um, well, well, wait a minute. Let's not move away from it. In fact, uh, the fact that you're so eager to move away from it makes me eager to stay with it for right just on. a few more minutes. Look at the, the document known as the uh, tenets of communism that Marx wrote, okay? It spells out in steps, step by step, what the doctrine of international socialism is. Okay, how is communism... If you compare those steps, what all these people are preaching, you'll find that they there is no difference whatsoever. They're exactly the same. So it's not a theory. I'm not making this okay. up. It's fact. Okay, well, what's the difference between Freemasonry or the Illuminati and... Isn't there a big difference between Illuminati and communism? They're all the same. Communism came from the Illuminati. But one is the controller. Oh, so, okay, so that's the communism came from the Illuminati. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Are all, uh, A.O. Chapman, we have a, uh, are you finished with your questions? I'm just going to hit him with one more, one more question. I, are all chapters of Freemasonry involved in this? It would seem that, uh, to me, there would be a hierarchy of, of, uh, of this Absolutely. chapter. Absolutely. That's how they control stupid people. Most Freemasons are very stupid, and they are the greatest uh, group of followers in the world. So my, friend, so my friend's dad is a Freemason. Uh, yeah, he's stupid, So uh, my, my question to people is, well, if the only honest man in Congress is not worth running for president in the next election, then uh, what the hell are you people all about? I yeah. mean, why am I trying to save you when you're that... When, you, when you're just that lost. I mean, you want to go after Ross Perot, who's <laughs> in the pocket of the Rockefellers. They made him, they created him, and all he's doing is, is working for their interests. He's a billionaire. He doesn't give a damn about the guy that makes five bucks an hour, okay. and never will. Okay. Actually, he was involved with IBM, and I, I got sucked into going to it. Okay, enough corporate lacking. broke my dad's we, wallet, and I've been pissed at the guy ever since. We, 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 have, we, had, one last, we had a caller phoning off the air, and she asked, um, on the back of the American dollar bill, there's a pyramid. Yes. And the pyramid, and in Latin, it's written New World Order. Does That's that have correct. anything to do with it? Absolutely. The United States of America was founded by Freemasons, members of the Illuminati, for one purpose and one purpose only. It was an experiment in government to see if man could really rule himself or if he would have to be brought under control of those who can rule and in the process topple the kings and queens of Europe off their thrones. Well, the experiment was successful in that it did topple the kings and queens off their thrones, but it has not been successful because man has abdicated his responsibility to rule himself, and the New World Order is going to put him in chains again. Have there any been, uh, Mr. Cooper, have there any been, uh, with this kind of stuff you're talking about and the kind of 
people you're talking about. Have there been any threats on your life or even worried about your own personal security? I've been threatened. I've been attacked. Uh, all kinds of things have happened to us, but that's not important to anybody out there. Anytime anyone stands up and fights for what is right, they're going to come under attack. And why would anybody care when they don't care about sending people to die in Iraq or Kuwait? I mean, nobody asked those guys that question. Okay. Here I am in my country really fighting for freedom, and, and everybody, the first thing they ask me, aren't you scared? And my question is, why don't you ask those guys that you're sending to die in a desert in the Middle East for something that has nothing to do with our freedom? Why yeah. aren't you asking them if they're scared? These private, <laughs> these private armies, though, have tried on a couple of different occasions, it's mentioned in your book, that they tried to kill you on two separate occasions and came and visited you in the hospital and everything. That's correct. You were and run off the road. That's correct. And one of them cost you your leg. That's correct. That's... Uh, well, thanks for speaking to us, William Cooper. Again, if you could give your address out and phone number just to people that are listening that are interested. Well, first I want, I'd like to say this. Don't be too concerned about my health or what happens to me because I really believe in what I'm doing, number one. And number two, I believe that any man or woman on the face of this earth who does not have principles that they're ready and willing to die for at any given moment, in my estimation, are already dead or of no use or consequence to anybody. If you guys like to call Stan, call 602 Five six seven six one zero nine. That's six zero two five six seven six one zero nine. Or you can write to Stan and ask for a packet of information at Post Office Box eight eight nine, Camp Verde, Arizona eight six three two two. That's P.O. Box eight eight nine, Camp Verde, Arizona eight six three two two. And I might add that you people in Canada, you've already lost your constitution. You've already lost your freedoms. You're already in the new world order. And there's some really strange things going on up there that you better get a handle on uh, real quick. Now, thanks, Mr. Cooper. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. And keep on rocking in a free world. Thank you. And God bless you and your listeners. Okay. Do-do-do-do. Do-do. So that was William Cooper live on the phone, and me and Ron are paying for this, right, Ron? <laughs> yeah. So that was how long? Pretty like much. An okay, hour? Well, it's supposed to be half an hour, and we pushed that for probably almost an hour. So. And Ron, you're from the Rock and Roll Band Cats game. You were transformed. And Active Glance. And Active Glance. We played some Active Glance earlier on yeah. in this the show here today. There's one last thing do you want to say about William Cooper. Um, I understand. I understand it a bit better. What about you, AO? Do you understand that? It's different from what he said the first time, wasn't uh, it? He a slightly different impression. He was a little bit more clear. I was. I was pleased to to hear him. Because uh, remember the first time when we saw that when you gave right. me that document, it said like all these aliens were um, coming down and that Kennedy was killed by the driver and all this stuff. I was like, geez, he believes in aliens, but now he's saying no, aliens don't exist. We just have the technology and it was developed by Hitler and it's a hoax in order to get everybody in the world scared That's because right. the Illuminati are going to take over. Did you understand that? That's uh, I I understand what he was saying, but uh, from the original uh, secret government document. Like why did he put out that document, I'm wondering? I, I, I don't know. I guess he was, he, he, well, his point to me was just that he was saying, well, this is what I saw. It's not necessarily yeah, true. Yeah, this is what I saw, and then and he this followed is not, this it up. Is, he not, he, I don't believe him actually saying that uh, in the secret uh, government file. Maybe he did. It's been a while since I've read it. So but I some of that communism, like, I mean, come on, Ron, you being from the punk rock act of clans who for years sung about, you know, uh, perhaps to praise some socialist values in your songs, have you become a, you know, I mean, are you like a born-again Christian commie 
No, no, we're going to call me anti-communist, anti-socialist now? Uh, not yet. Actually, what I've begun to do this is... is just, well, look, listen. Since I became an, um, not involved with, I'm not an agent of William Cooper by any stretch of the imagination, I'm just really interested in what he has to say. And some of the things that I have seen on his video cassettes and what I have read in his book, which is entitled Behold a Pale Horse, and which I think any breathing, thinking human being should order this book from Stan because I don't want to have to come in here and sit here and tell you about it. I want everybody out there to read this and make up your own minds and then you won't have to listen to me and you won't have to listen to all the mindless blabber that goes on. Get the book. Get okay, the okay. videos. He's got another seven hour video cassette coming okay. out. Seven hours! I mean, this guy I know, okay. is on five nights a week. He's been on for like months and months and years and years since like May 4th, 1990. He started going on the air and that's putting on three hours at least to five hours a week of information every week and so, i mean how can we get okay. any information but, out of this guy in one saying, hour uh, except to yell at him from three different positions okay. it's stupid okay okay well ron thanks for coming anyways oh that's okay i need a beer okay well this is the second run the second so you're so you so have you i i'm saying about socialism has your views changed on socialism i like my welfare check also, 19... No, that's good. Thank you very much, Ron. 1998. He says that's going to be the uh, date, right? Brilliant. Right? Um, 1998 well, has several... Okay, first of all, um, in the book Holy Blood, Holy Grail by Bajan Lee and Lincoln, there's a list of the nationaires of the Priyartasan, and the nationaires are the leaders all through the ages. And there was a leader by the name of Blanche Devereux for, who ruled from 1366 until 1398. Now what a name of Golden Girls. Yeah, coincidentally, I saw a video by... Um, it was a Church of the Subgenius video, which is, you know, pretty craziness. Don't do nothing. Don't support your state in any way. And they said that there would be an alien return to the planet Earth on July 5th, 1998. Um, that's also, my birthday! Yes, that's my birthday! Well, we knew all along, Nardwar. I mean, really? That's no joke. July 5th You're is You're part of the conspiracy as well, Nardwar. Well, we, I Nardwar. could tell all along, that's personally. Right. We all knew. Okay, in 1998, and, and Cooper is basically saying, it's a sum up, that the aliens are going to invade in 1998, but it's not aliens it's really the u.s guys yeah, going are, yeah! all in the airplanes not just in the u.s guys no not just US. international it's private armies funded by the worldwide illuminati and what's conspiracy. this okay what's this kryptonite 27 thing to wrap up that you were talking about something about how how, how jupiter is going to blow up and screw us okay. all okay uh, the lowdown on that. So aside from, from the UFOs attacking, aside from the UFOs attacking, Jupiter's going to blow up the screw us even more to scare us. So we fall for these Illuminati. Uh, I've actually attempted to back the uh, back up his statement on that. I went to the Vancouver Planetarium. What did he say? Can I spoke. Okay, first of all, what Cooper says in his book is that. The Project Galileo, which is a space probe that has been launched in 1989, is on its way to Jupiter, and it will orbit the planet Jupiter, and it will drop a little probe into the atmosphere of the planet Jupiter. The probe will be activated for 42 minutes, and what it will do is it will send back a continuous blur of information that will be bounced off the orbiting satellite and sent back to Earth. There has been documentation which states that 
Aboard the orbiting spacecraft, there is 49.7 pounds of plutonium, which as the orbit of the satellite decays, it will deliver this payload into the gravitational field of the planet Jupiter, and the, gravi the gravity itself will act on the payload exactly as an implosion detonator acts on a nuclear warhead, and it will ignite the planet Jupiter into a star, which has already been called Lucifer. Now, get a piece of paper and write down the word Jupiter in the English language, and right underneath it, write down Lucifer, and they match up exactly. Um, however, David Dodge at the Vancouver Planetarium... Who's that again? David Dodge. Who's that name again? Mr. David Dodge. <laughs> Professor David Dodge. I went there and I tried to find the three stars, the ancient Sumerian cuneiform that George Michinowski wrote about, that a star would reappear 6,000 years after it had disappeared in the heavens between Z Zeta Puppis, Gamma Valorum, and Lambda Valorum. We were unable to locate two of those stars, and he came to the conclusion that it's a ridiculous thing, and the fact is it won't happen because... Um, at the very least, the explosion is too damn big, and it will blow itself out. However, what we have to remember is that planet Jupiter has a gaseous makeup of hydrogen and helium, and anybody out there who's ever seen a, a film footage of the Hindenburg knows very well what can happen to helium. And you know what's really smart? You know, that's, hi that's hydrogen, actually. Was that hydrogen? It was hydrogen because... Um, okay, the you got it right, man. What's well, one of the two? <laughs> okay, and it's really scary now, Ron. It's is number it, one and number it, two on the periodic after having, well, after having William Cooper in here to answer all these questions for people, William Cooper's show has been jammed. People haven't been able to get the information. Periodic Even on this show right now, the phone line is jammed. 2487-822-487 is jammed. <laughs> Somebody is jamming the phone right now to stop callers from coming through and asking questions. No, you, are you witnessing that? Uh, absolutely. Look at all those lights. Look, at they're getting jammed by Illuminati in this university and in this station. It's almost like an alien's doing it or something. I think it's very important to recognize the fact that, uh, I per personally, I haven't made up my mind on Cooper, and I think uh, a lot of the stuff he says uh, is a little... You haven't wouldn't, read the book, have you? I wouldn't, I w I wouldn't say... Uh, uh, is somewhat dangerous. The fact that he goes on, he goes no on at great it's length. Dangerous. He goes on at great length to uh, a very a lot of anti-Masonic stuff that's been going on for so long now uh, that, frankly, I'm sort of skeptical of a lot of it. The you know Hitler rounded up Freemasons and Jews and homosexuals and sort of rounded them up in the same bunch, and uh, it's somewhat distressing to hear. Uh, I mean, I haven't, I, as I say, I haven't you know made up my mind on uh, on what he's had to say, but uh, I think some of it. Is uh, is a little questionable. Okay, he is not anti-Mason. What he what he says is the fact that the Illuminati's, which is the elitist, the upper echelons of the Freemasonry religion, are going to have to what what he says is depopulate the planet by as many as two billion people by the turn of this century, and. Mr. Cooper says, without a doubt, that it's not going to be just Jews or blacks, or and it's not just going to be because people die of AIDS, but Masons are going to die as well because they are being used in order to 
get the word out there and provide support for the elitists, and they are not being given all the facts or all the secrets. They're not being taught all the handshakes. Okay, well, thank you all for coming in, A.O. Chapman. Thanks. And you, Ron, from Ka- Ron, who's also in Cats Game. And sorry, callers, we're going to take some phone calls. You can, ask Ron, you can ask Ron, who's in Cats Game, as well as knowing about Cooper. He's in Cats Game, and what, but the phone line is still jammed. The fo- like, seriously, it's jammed. Um, what is going on with Cats Game, Ron? Like, you recorded some stuff at Wet Speech. Is your band. We're going to play a song by you guys too. Uh, drummer is picking bananas, and uh, there's bassist playing in brand new unit. Yeah, bassist is in brand new unit, and uh, the guitarist is up to something that I'm not going to mention. And I will yet. say, the first time I saw Cats game, I was scared. First, first I thing scared I want to say before, I before anything else happens here is I want to thank Mike B for helping me research all this. But Cats game, the first time I saw you, I was scared. You had like things over your face, yeah. and I, like you were hardcore punk rock. We were. You were. We what, were. What happened? You went down to West Beach Recorders and recorded with Brett Religion and it all changed? Uh, Come on, tell me it's not true. Went, somebody went banana. Pants. And what's the song right now here um, we're coming out? I started playing hockey again, actually. So we can see you in action Sunday night? Uh, yeah, Sunday night at Britannia, actually. I'm playing there Sunday night. What time? Um, I think it's 10.30. What number are you? Uh, I don't wear a number. Oh, well, how can we recognize you? Are you the one yelling, Illuminati? Uh, well... <laughs> That that and stick work isn't like when like in the do you ever look do you ever have like good luck at like the at like six like thirteen sixty six of the third does that, does that make sense? Oh, I could get uh, into numerology too. But, okay, uh, uh. and look, the phone line is still jammed. Jammed. It's still jammed. Yeah. And coming up, what is the song, um, Ron of Cats game? I don't know which tape. No, it's it's this one. The, the is, is it this this tape? That one. Yeah. <laughs> to end the interview. The truth about the Pope to end the interview. Okay, well. The Pope, <laughs> Pope John Paul II, oh, this is so good. He was a chemist for IG Farben Chemical Company in, in 1936, and he made poison gas, Cyclone B, Malathion, and Cyanide that were used in Auschwitz to murder Jews. He made the gas. He knew where it was going. He escaped to the church in 1958 and became the youngest bishop, and uh, my mother happens to be quite a Catholic, so I'm a little annoyed at this, and so I wrote a song called Barbecued Pope. It's about Nostradamus's prophecies. And this is Cat's Game, live on CITR. Thank you for coming in, Ron. Anything else you'd like to add? Are you mad? Kiss me, Nardwar. Are you mad? Yeah. Yeah. Are you mad? Not enough tongue. Are you mad? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, you got information across. AO, you satisfied? Yes, thanks, sir, for having me on. Okay, sure. So this is Cat's Game, Burn the Pope? Barbecued Pope. A barbecued Pope. Doot-doot-loot-doot.
CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right now? Hello, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Who are you? Please introduce yourself. Okay, I am Robert Anton Wilson to my readers, Bob Wilson to my friends, and that all crank to my neighbors. And you're coming here to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Robert Anton Wilson. That's right. On the 19th, I'll be appearing uh, at, the Vo- at the Vogue Theatre. At the Vogue for Sunrise Entertainment. Had you been here before? You mentioned the Orpheum. Have you been to the Orpheum before? Uh, I've been to that area. I've been. To, I've spoken in Vancouver and on several of the islands, Salt Creek Island, Victoria Island. I've been there several times. I know that area f- uh, fairly well, as much as a visitor can. Robert Anton Wilson, are you a witch? There was that witch or a bitch? A witch, Robert witch? Anton Wilson. Which kind of witch? You know, a witch. You know, you, well, you, you did some readings in Victoria. That's kind of like the witching capital of Canada, Victoria, B.C. is. Are you a witch? Like, did you gravitate there? I have been a witch. I probably still am a witch. What have you been doing when you've been witching? 
Well, that was part of my uh, period of studying every religion I could and participating in as many of them as possible to learn what I could learn from each of them. And uh, I, I got a great deal more out of the Discordian Society, actually. What happened to Timothy Leary's head? Well, there are various uh, versions of that. The, uh, the accepted version is that he gave up on cryonics and had his whole body cremated. But there's a myth uh, going around, or a legend, or a rumor, it may be true for all I know, that that was all put on to prevent the authorities from interfering with his plans to commit suicide when the cancer got too painful and have his head preserved. And so actually it was only his body that was cremated. The head was preserved secretly. I don't know whether that's true or not. As I say, it's a rumor. There's another rumor going around that, the, fe that the feds have seized his ashes because of the high uh, quality of control substances in his ashes, and uh, nobody knows what the street value might be. So where is Hitler's cock? Where's what? Where's Hitler's cock? Is Hitler's cock right with Timothy Leary's head? Where did he hide these things, Robert Anton Wilson? Coming to Vancouver, Tuesday, November 19th at the Vogue. Where did he hide Hitler's cock? Where did he hide Timothy Leary's head? Well, I don't know where Leary's head is hidden. Hitler's cock, I assume, went up in the bunker with the rest of Hitler. Robert Anton Wilson, are you a CIA agent? Uh, if I were, I would deny it. Like, are you an agent of disinformation? Absolutely. And information. So how come you haven't been knocked off? Doesn't that lead to the fact that you are a CIA agent or you're an agent of disinformation, Robert Anton Wilson? Well, I tell you, May Brussel accused me of being an agent of the Rockefeller conspiracy, and I confess that it was true and that my cellar is stacked high with gold bars that are brought every month by David Rockefeller personally. And I'm sure, and up until her death, she went around showing that letter to people to prove I had confessed. Uh, people who want to believe such things are perfectly free to believe them. Woof, woof. Woof. Robert Anton Wilson, you mentioned May Bressel. Are you aware of the work of Dave Emery, her kind of protege? Because he does a show here every week, Sunday nights on CITR. Yeah, he does a show here, too. I listen occasionally. One night he got so tangled in his conspiracy theory that I thought he was accusing the Unification Church of masterminding the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And I asked my wife, is he really saying the Unification Church bombed Pearl Harbor? She said, no, but it's almost that tangled. And he's every Sunday night on CITR Radio, 10 to 12. But you're right here, right now, live on CITR Radio. You are indeed, you are Robert Anton Wilson, aren't you, Robert Anton Wilson? Well, that's what I claim. Others claim I'm an android that the CIA put in my place after they murdered me. But I claim I'm still Robert Anton Wilson and not an android impersonating Robert Anton Wilson. Because you died in 1994, didn't you? Oh, I thought it was 92. I, I'm not sure, but... There was a, it was all over internet, all the news groups, everybody was discussing my death, and uh, it still goes on. Every now and then somebody revives it. Was it ever really proven that he's alive? And some, I do a lot of per, per, public appearances, but as I say, some people claim that's a, an android, the CIA program, to replace me. And I can't prove that's not true. As a matter of fact, I can't even convince myself because I've read too much Phil Dick, too many Philip K. Dick novels, and he was—he pointed out many times in his science fiction that if you were a perfectly programmed android to replace somebody, you would yourself believe you are that person. 
Otherwise, you wouldn't be a perfectly programmed android. So how do I know whether I'm the same Robert Anton Wilson who was born in 1932 and not just an android who was re-substituted for him in 1992 or whenever he died or I died? If anybody have any questions for Robert Anton Wilson, it's 822-247-UBCCITR. We can't link the callers to you, but we can relay their messages to you, Robert. So we can't actually link your You can't be on the phone with them, but we can relay their messages. So it's 822-247-UBCCITR. If anybody would like to have their message, your, their message relayed to Robert Anton Wilson. And Robert, I'm continually fascinated about Timothy Leary. Was he a CIA agent? Didn't the CIA supply him with LSD? Dave Emery and Mae Bresso go on all, all about that, about that book, dreams and you know Timothy Leary being part of the CIA and you know him supplying the LSD getting the LSD supplied to him well I remember once we were both speaking at NYU about virtual reality software and hardware and some group put out a leaflet outside saying that Leary and I were both CIA agents and I showed it to Tim because I knew it would amuse him and he said, gee, I wish this was legal evidence I could make the CIA pay me for the last 18 years. But uh, if he was an agent, they were really playing. He was really a sucker because he never collected a penny from them. Robert Anton Wilson, coming Tuesday, November 19th at the Vogue Theater. You really don't believe or deny stuff. You kind of, you know, kind of look in between there, don't you? Like what you believe, it's like you don't believe it, you don't deny it. You believe that somewhere between belief and denial is the truth. Is that true? Well, my general feeling is that most of the world falls in the category between 100% proven and 100% disproven. We live among millions and millions, or as Carl Sagan would say, billions and billions of maybes, and only a few definite yeses and noes here and there. And they're usually only temporary. Why should everyone know about William Reich? Who was William Reich? Why should people know about William Reich? It's uh, actually, it was Wilhelm, uh, which influenced his psychology profoundly. Imagine growing up in a country with an absolute monarch and having the same name as him and a last name that means state in German, Wilhelm Reich. It was like he was named after the state and the head of the state. He was a psychologist who developed theories so radical that... Like Leary, he landed in jail. He fared even worse than Leary. They only threw him in jail. They burned all of his books, too. He was thrown out of the psychoanalytical society for being too Marxist, thrown out of the Communist Party for being too Freudian, thrown out of the Socialist Party for being too anarchistic, thrown out of Sweden for doing the kind of research that made Masters and Johnson famous 20 years later, but he did it 20 years too soon and the world wasn't ready for it. Then he came to this country where he was thrown in jail as a cancer quack for publishing results in which he didn't claim to cure cancer at all but uh, said it might be useful and it was worthy of further investigation. And I, any, anybody who made that many enemies must have had something important to say. I think Reich's books are very important. And I'm glad they're back in print again. Did he really battle UFOs in the desert with an orgone gun? That's kind of a wild you know, myth of him, you know, battling UFOs on the desert with an orgone gun. I thought he did. Uh, that's the stage of his career that's the most controversial part. My personal opinion is that at the very end, uh, Reich did turn paranoid. Somebody who had been persecuted as persistently as he had for a period of 30 years began to see persecution everywhere, and I think he went over the edge. He imagined he was being persecuted from outer space as well as from this planet. 
Robert Anton Wilson, how could an Oregon gun thwart a UFO? What was the idea behind that? He believed UFOs were uh, some kind of uh, living... Uh, we had different theories about the UFOs, but at one point he thought they were some kind of living... Uh, living matter, living energy form that was hostile to orgone, which is the life energy. And it's sort of like the UFOs were... Uh, Sort of like the kind of thing that turns uh, land into deserts and people into old crabs or cranks. What's so scary about this orgone research? Why were people really scared about this orgone research? Well, partly it was that if Reich is right, almost every doctor and psychiatrist in the world has got to go back and start over and study Reich and give up their present ideas, which nobody likes to hear. And the other part is his theories are very radical sexually. He believed in extreme sexual freedom, not not rampant promiscuity, but extreme right to choose and uh, total abolition of all laws trying to govern people's sexual behavior. Robert Anton Wilson, who flies UFOs? There's some people like Bill Lynn believe that like secret service agents are flying UFOs with stolen Tesla technology, that it isn't actually, you know, aliens, it's actually Tesla technology flying these UFOs, and there's no aliens at all. What do you think about that? Well, my two favorite theories about UFOs are the Persinger theory. Persinger is a Canadian, uh, lives in Ottawa, a behavioral scientist. That means he doesn't want to be called a psychologist. Uh, Persinger uh, says that you have, uh, offers the model that UFOs are energy fluctuations which cause poltergeist disturbances, flying furniture, electrical malfunctions, car motors stalling, televisions going on and off, refrigerators turning on and off, that kind of thing, strange lights zooming around, and if you get too close, it alters your brain waves and causes you to hallucinate. That theory seems very plausible and accounts for a lot of UFOs, but there's also a theory I like by John Keel, which says they're an intelligent energy form that says, listen, coexisted with us from the beginning of time and has been playing head games with us. They're the same ones as Kiel sees it, who passed themselves off as angels and demons in the Middle Ages and as dead relatives when spiritualism was popular, and now they're passing themselves off as extraterrestrials. But they're an energy form that uh, is very indifferent to human beings but loves playing games and deceiving us. Now, those two models make more sense to me than the idea they're all hallucinations or the idea that they are spaceships. What do you think about Tesla technology? Because this guy Bill Lynn believes there's going to be an alien invasion on July 5th, 1998. Do you believe the world is going to end on July 5th, 1998, as the teachings of William Cooper, William Cooper, Robert Anton Wilson have taught us? Do you believe that the aliens are going to come on July 5th, 1998, but it isn't actually aliens? It's actually, you know, the government flying these UFOs, and they're going to well, round us up? Well, according to the Church of the Subgenius, it's, it is July 5th, 1998, but that's the axis from Planet X who are coming, and everybody who's tithing uh, one-tenth of their salary every month to the Church of the Subgenius will be picked up in the pleasure ships of the love goddess and taken to the planet of immortality, and everybody who is not tithing to the Church of the Subgenius will be destroyed by atomic death rays, and that's known as the rupture, and that theory is just as plausible to me as the one you mentioned. 
because Tesla technology was said by this guy Bill Lynn to in, to force you know Hitler to World War II. Like Hitler was bribed to enter World War II, and he actually is Hitler dead? Robert Anton Wilson is Hitler well, dead? Well, he's not. He's around 106 now, and and probably fairly harmless. I never heard anybody 106 years old that could do much serious harm. When did Hitler die? I think he died in the bunker in 45. I'm sorry, I'm conservative about that issue. I agree with the majority of historians. So you don't think he was at a World's Fair in Albuquerque in 1967 with Eva Braun? No, no, that was Lee Harvey Oswald. Cooper, William Cooper also believes. Are you familiar with the teachings of William Cooper? Oh, yes, I have a two-hour video by him. Do you, what do you think about him thinking about the driver killing Kennedy? Oh, I think that's wonderful. He shows that, uh, I, in this two-hour video, he shows that about five times and keeps insisting, if you look closely enough, you'll see it. And I, I imagine some people actually can see it. I know people who see Masonic symbols on the moon. I know a guy who wrote a whole book about Masonic symbols he found in NASA photos of the moon. And, of course, Jim Garrison had a photo in which you could see an assassin in the bushes on the grassy knoll and in Dealey Plaza, who was the really, really the one who shot Kennedy. I can see the, the guy in the bushes there if I try. I can see the Masonic symbols on the moon. I can even see the face on Mars, although I agree with Professor Finnegan of Trinity College in Dublin, who says the face on Mars is actually Moses Horowitz. That which he's the first uh, uh, artist to be recognized on two planets. You mentioned Robert Anton Wilson, a Canadian guy from Ottawa. A caller phoned in and was wondering, have you ever heard of Wilbur Smith, who pioneered a radio industry in Canada and published a book research? Yes, I've heard of him, but I don't remember. That was so long ago, I don't remember what I heard of him, but the name suddenly... I, that's, I, all I can say is I vaguely recollect something about Wilbur Smith. It's an unforgettable name. And Robert Anton Wilson, this caller also was curious, and you are Robert Anton Wilson, coming to the Vogue Theatre this Tuesday. Well, not this Tuesday, two weeks Tuesday. I'm also the author of Illuminatus and Cosmic Trigger, and my latest book is Cosmic Trigger 3, My Life After Death. And this is what the caller was curious about. He wanted to know the Vatican Freemasonic link, if you could briefly explain that. Well, back, uh, well, back in the uh, 70s, uh, the... Uh, Vatican finances were run by Michele Sindona and uh, Roberto Calvi, who were both members of a conspiracy called Pay Due, or in English P2, which was uh, made up only of third-degree members of the Grand Orient Lodge of Egyptian Freemasonry. This is pretty weird stuff. They were all Knights of Malta, too, which is very odd, because the Knights of Malta take an oath to destroy Freemasonry, and 33rd-degree Freemasons take an oath to destroy the Knights of Malta. But the real head of the thing was Licio Gelli, who was not only a Knight of Malta and a Freemason and pledged to destroy both sides, but he was taking money from the CIA and the KGB. Both of them knew he was a double agent, but both thought he was a valuable asset. So the whole thing is a tangled web of conspiracy and treachery beyond anything in any, any of the melodramatic novels you ever read. Calvi ended up hanging from a bridge in London. Um, Sindona was poisoned in his cell after being convicted of murdering a bank examiner in Italy and uh, 55 counts of stock and currency fraud in New York and was awaiting trial on charges of plotting a fascist coup in Italy. And all of this was done with the money in the Vatican Bank and the apparent connivance 
of Bishop Archbishop Paul Marchinkus, who was either up to his neck in corruption along with the others, or was singularly naive and didn't know what what the hell was going on in his own bank. He can take. He, I find it hard to believe in anybody who could be as naive as Marchinkus would have to be not to know what was going on. He and uh, Calvi owned about 200 banks that didn't even exist. They were just fictitious entities used to launder drug money. They were part of the loop with the CIA and Ollie North that is, uh, came out a little in the 80s and now is suddenly coming out again due to exposés in a California newspaper, the San Jose Mercury. Robert Anton Wilson, what am I going to do if my dad's a Mason? What, have I, what am I going to do if I suspect my dad is a Mason? What should I do? Well, what do you want to do? Well, how can I spot a Mason? Like, what, 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 you know, what should I do if my dad's a Mason? What should I do, Robert Anton Wilson? I, will, uh, I wouldn't do anything about it. Uh, ask him if he can join. How can you spot a Mason if people out there are wondering what a Mason look like? You know, are there any characteristics you'd like to give out there to listeners out there in Radioland? And, of course, these are the opinions of Robert Anton Wilson coming Tuesday, November 19th at Evoke Theatre. How can people spot Masons? Well, they all have three eyes. The, the third eye is generally closed, but if you see somebody whose forehead is very furrowed, uh, it's not worries because they're trying to conceal their third eye. Why have people always blamed the Masons? Like, you know, why, you know, they have three eyes. Everybody's kind of teasing them. Come on, they're nice guys. Like, you know, Mr. Cunningham on Happy Days wearing a fez. What did he do wrong? I don't know what the... As far as I can make out, most of the anti-Masonic propaganda in the world emanates from extremely paranoid right-wing Christians who are paranoid about everybody else, not just the Masons. Aren't Christians your friends? Don't Christians like Robert Anton Wilson? Well, I'll tell you, Jean-Paul Sartre said, hell is other people. I think that's an extreme view. Other people are often quite nice. To me, hell is Christians and Republicans. Don't you have any secret fans, though? Any secret president admirers, like, ever meet Carter at all on his rabbit farm? No, I never met Carter. I met Al Gore once uh, at, the, at the World Future Society. He said, this was 1989, he said, I will never run for president again until I'm older. I thought that was the greatest promise I ever heard since the next day he could have started running for president if he wanted to, was being one day older. Al Gore is a very clever guy. Is there anybody that's not mad at you? Yeah, I got, I got thousands and thousands of uh, friends and fans all over the world. Actually, uh, the promoter is going to be mad at me. The promoter of the gig, Derek, is going to be mad because it is indeed at the Orpheum, not at the Vogue. I'm wrong. I'm wrong, Robert Anton Wilson. It was the Orpheum. It was. You were right. I was trying to well, trick you. I'm sorry. Uh, well, people who try to get tickets will find out, even if they only heard the beginning. They'll eventually find out it is at the Orpheum. Maybe you should, we should repeat it three Let's times. the Orpheum a few more times. Yeah, five it's times. at the Orpheum. 19th, November 19th at the Orpheum. And Orpheum has six letters in it. And, or, and six letters minus three equals five. And five times three is 33. And you're Robert Anton Wilson, speaking to us live on CITR Radio, coming to the Orpheum, not the Vogue. The, the Orpheum, Orpheum, the Orpheum. The Orpheum. Coming to the Orpheum, not this Tuesday anyways. It's next Tuesday, the 19th, at the Orpheum, not at the Vogue. Who's mad at you? Well, I mean, I guess people are mad at me for giving the wrong information out, but is there anybody mad at you? Like, is any, has any Mason, have you done anything to, like, to get Masons mad? No, like, have, I've never... I've never gotten a nasty letter from a Mason. I've gotten a lot of nasty letters from fundamentalist Christians and from fundamentalist materialists. Don't you have some, and from Marxists. Don't you have some quote about a box? Like, it's a box, when you look at it, it's just a box. Don't you have some quote, something to do with that? 
What? Yeah, some quote about a box. There was this, I was looking in the news groups and the internet, and some Christian guy had a quote from you, like he was quoting you. He was quoting Robert Anton Wilson, a fundamentalist Christian. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of them have been plagiarizing me for years without quoting me directly. A lot of them have found their, their selective passages from my books out of context are very useful to them. I don't mind that at all. I regard that as... Uh, uh, a marvelous joke. Have you ever snuck into a Masonic Lodge and maybe seen a Mason sacrificing a rabbit at all? I have been in Masonic Lodges. I have spoken at Masonic Lodges. I have never seen anybody sacrificing a rabbit. I've never seen anybody copulating with a goat. I don't, I don't believe any of those legends. Are you jealous that Masons have secret places to meet, like at Disneyland? Isn't there like a secret place above the Pirates of the Caribbean where they have a little club, the 33 Club, where the Masons hang out, Robert Anton Wilson, coming to the Orpheum? No, I, I'm glad I'm coming to the Orpheum, but I don't mind people. I think everybody has the right of free association. I mean, I'm against forcing people to open their doors and let anybody in. That's where I did. That's where I am most at odds with uh, the liberals in my country who want to break down. I think everybody has the right to associate with who they want to associate. But with. is there a secret club at Disneyland? Are you aware, Robert, Robert Anton Wilson? Well, all, all I know is that above uh, Snow White's castle, uh, Disney is supposed to be cryonically preserved in a special room above Snow White's castle. I have a friend who goes to Disneyland every New Year's Eve and drops acid. And when he reaches the peak, he goes and talks to Mickey Mouse about all of his problems. And Mickey never fails. Mickey always gives him the correct answer to guide him for the next year. He's the only man I know whose God is visible, tangible, and gives clear and unambiguous answers. He's a happy man. What about Bill Gates? I wish I had a religion that worked that well. What about Bill Gates? He's up there too, isn't he? Well, Bill Gates, you know, uh, you know the joke. Uh, God decided to destroy this planet, so he called Boris Yeltsin, Bill Clinton, and Bill Yates, and told them go, Bill Gates, and told them go tell your people you got a week left, and then I wipe everything out. And uh, Clinton got his people together, and he said, uh, first the good news, then the bad news. The good news is there is a God. The bad news is we only got a week. Yeltsin called his people together and he said, there's good news and bad news. The bad news is there's a God. The good news is I got a week left. And Bill Gates called his people together and said, there's good news and better news. The good news is God thinks I'm one of the three most important people on the planet. And the better news is we don't have to work out all the bugs in Windows 95. And you're listening to Robert Anton Wilson live here on CITR. And there's time for a few more calls. It's 822-2487-UBC-CITR. If you have any questions you'd like to relay to Robert Anton Wilson, we can't link you to him, but we can ask you your questions. 822-247-UBC-CITR for Robert Anton Wilson. You are Robert Anton Wilson, aren't you, Robert Anton Wilson? Unless I'm an android impersonating him. The Orpheum. What's been going on with space migration? The space migration smile scenario. Has anything new been happening with that? Well, yeah, there are more and more people who've spent time in that space station up there. We're learning more and more about human beings in space. And uh, we're having a lot of Mars probes going off in the near future. What do you think about those Mars probes going, out, going off? You mentioned a face on Mo Mars. On Moses, Mar it's Moses Horowitz. 
um, yeah, the, the face on Mars earlier. The guys like Richard Hoagland, they believe they're giant cities filled with glass. And the same thing on the moon, that there's glass cities. Well, the glass is broken because there were big skyscrapers. And at the Phobos, that moon of Mars is actually a giant hollow spaceship. And every time a probe goes near Mars, probes get blown away because they get cl too close to Phobos. Are you aware of this at all, Robert Anton Wilson? Yeah, I much prefer Professor Finnegan who I think really has demonstrated that the face on Mars is Moses Horowitz. Do you believe that man landed on the moon? Uh, yeah, Neil Armstrong, a 33rd degree mason. Isn't that a funny coincidence? But wasn't the moon landing fake? The moon landing was faked in Area 51. Robert Anton Wilson, don't let us down. No, it wasn't the moon landing that was faked. It was World War II. World War II never happened. Uh, it was a conspiracy between Gandhi representing the Illuminati on the Earth plane and Madame Blavatsky representing the Illuminati on the astral plane, and they put everybody in a deep trance and showed old films of World War One, and everybody thought there was a new World War. That was to scare us into not having any more World Wars. So the revisionists who claim the Holocaust never happened, they only got part of the picture. They're not skeptical enough. Not only did the Holocaust never happen, the whole damn war never happened. There was never a Hitler or a Winston Churchill. It was all faked. And the Pins Express are those of Robert Anton Wilson, Wilson and only Robert Anton Wilson coming to the Orpheum Theater. Get those fine, great expressions at the Orpheum Theater, Tuesday, November 19th. Robert Anton Wilson, does John Travolta believe that God is a reptile brain directing us from the far side of the galaxy? No, John Travolta believes that God is a dead man in the middle, of, buried at the bottom of the Pacific named L. Ron Hubbard. But isn't that what the Scientologists believe, that God is a reptile brain directing us from the far side of the galaxy and they're totally frightened by Prozac? Why are Scientologists so frightened by Prozac, Robert Anton Wilson? Well, uh, Travolta, every time he wins an award, which he has a distressing habit of doing lately because he's a good actor, he keeps winning awards. Every time he gets up, he thanks L. Ron Hubbard. He doesn't thank the reptile brain at the other side of the galaxy. So I think L. Ron Hubbard is his god. Did L. Ron Hubbard ever get interviewed by you when you were working with Playboy, Robert Anton Wilson? Did you ever get any contact with L. Ron Hubbard? No, thank God. I've never had any contact with him, and I've had as little contact as possible with any member of Scientology. So, Robert Anton Wilson, who will spot the widow's son? What's the new Inquisition? Robert Anton Wilson? I uh, find some of your questions pretty hard to field. Yeah, as w, uh, talking about Fields, as W.C. Fields said, sometimes you have to take the bull by the tail and look the facts in the face. Well, since the Vancouver-based X-Files series has been mentioning 23 quite frequently, has this increased your book sales at all? I won't know until I get my next royalty statement, but I've noticed how much they're borrowing from me, uh, but uh, they're not the only ones. Uh, I am the most frequently uh, borrowed from author around, I sometimes suspect. So you're not a paid critical consultant for X-Files then at all? No, no, they just read my books and lift whatever they think they can get away with. How do you feel about somebody ripping you off like that, like the X-Files? Are they doing a good job ripping you off? Could they do better? Well, hell, they're not as funny as I am. The only, the only thing that's just, uh, that treats these things uh, as, as humorously as I do in my books is uh, the film Repo Man. That, I think, is much better. than It's got everything The X-Files has, plus comedy, which I think you could say of my books, they have everything The X-Files has, plus comedy. But you also enjoy Plan 9 from Outer Space, and Ed Wood's wife is from Vancouver. 
Ed, oh, I didn't know that. Kathy Wood is from Vancouver. She was originally from Vancouver, B.C., Canada. I love Ed Wood films. They're the only films that uh, get funnier every time you look at them. Even the Three Stooges wear out after a while, but Ed Wood's films you can look at over and over and over, and they get funnier and funnier and funnier. Robert Anton He was a genius without knowing it. He thought he was making horror movies, and he was actually making comedies. Do you believe that there was a Vancouver connection at all to LSD research via some guy Hammond? Like, what's the Vancouver LSD connection, Robert Anton Wilson? Or what's the connect? When you think of Vancouver, what do you think of? Like, what are the connect? Is there any LSD, Timothy Leary, Hammond connections with Vancouver, Canada? You mentioned Ottawa earlier, Robert Anton Wilson. Well, usually when I think of Vancouver, I think of uh, a guy who beat me out of my lecture fee. Uh, during one of my visits there, but uh, but then most of the Perhaps people you'd did. like to single him out. Who most was that? The, most of the people there didn't beat me out of my lecture fees, so I try to forget that guy. <laughs> and the lecture fee is going to be how much? Oh, it's very reasonable. I think it's eighteen eighteen dollars or something to go see you at the Orpheum Theater, November nineteenth. Robert Anton Wilson and Robert Anton Wilson as well. Hugh Hefner's wife is from Vancouver. Who? Hugh Hefner's wife, Robert Anton That's Wilson. That's right, Kimberly, yeah. Have you met her at all? No, but I know her name. I don't know why it's stuck in my head. Kimberly, it's a rather odd name. Have you been in contact with the Hef at all? What was it like hanging out with him in the 70s? Have you been in much contact with him since then? Did you hang out with him in the 70s when you were an editor at Playboy? Uh, no, I met him two or three times. The only time he, uh, he ever, the only time we, he ever said anything that really stuck with me was, man, what a crazy shirt. I was wearing a yellow silk shirt at the time. <laughs> and that's, that's the most intimate communication we ever had together. Sorry. Did you ever hang at the Playboy Mansion at all? Like, you know, in the hot tub there with James Caan at your side, smoking the nice one? I visited the mansion a few times, but I had, uh, never got into the hot tub. Was James Caan in the hot tub? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I went there a few times when Hefner invited all the editors of the magazine to come over to see a new movie before it premiered. And otherwise, I worked at the office and didn't have much. To, didn't have anything to do with Hefner. Robert Anton. Sorry, Robert Anton Wilson. Have you been inspired by the new Larry Flint story that's going to be coming out? Has that inspired you to write any movies? Have, are you working on any new movies? Uh, the new Larry Flint story. Yeah, there's going to be a The People versus Larry Flint. It's a new major motion picture. Oh, I'd like to see that. Starring Courtney Love and Woody Harrelson. The well, Larry right now, uh, right now there's a group that has an option on my novel Illuminatus, and they're trying to make a movie, trying to raise the capital to make a movie out of it. And uh, my two movie scripts that I wrote in the past, neither of them ever got produced, but they've both been published, so I get a little money out of them that way. What were they? And what is your required reading list? Another listener phoned up wondering, what is your required reading list? Robert Anton Wilson's recommended reading list. Do you have anything? Well, as a matter of fact, in the latest issue of my magazine, Trajectories, which is available... Uh, From P.O. Box? P.O. Box... Uh, oh, hell. 700305. That's right. You can leave out the O hell. P.O. Box 700305, San Jose, California, 95170. Send $20 and you get four issues. The next issue I have a recommended reading list, which is not for the greatest books or my favorite books, but the books I wish everybody would read so they'd be more rounded. 
And the list is, if I can remember it, Ulysses by James Joyce, The Cantos of Ezra Pound, Science and Sanity by Alfred Korzybski, Shakespeare, Ovid, Chaucer, uh, Justine by Desaad, because it raises all the questions nobody can answer, uh, two books by Nietzsche, The Antichrist and Twilight of the Idols, The Open Society and Its Enemies by uh, Carl, Sir Karl Popper, and Gulliver's Travels by Jonathan Swift. Winding up here, Robert Anton Wilson, I've heard that isn't George Washington not on the American dollar bill, but instead it's Adam, Adam Weishaupt, founder of the Illuminati. Is that true? Well, that's, uh, there's some evidence for that, and the people who want to know more about that can find the evidence presented in my novel, Illuminatus, which is widely available in all the better bookstores. So no little hint for us just now, if we don't have any bucks, Robert Anton Wilson, winding up here, a little hint between George Washington and Adam Weishaupt, Illuminati? I prefer people to read the books because I don't get paid for these uh, interviews, but I do get paid when hey, they buy a book. We're paying for the interview. We're paying to interview you. It's costing us by the hour. Well, winding up here, Robert Anton Wilson, have you heard any good conspiracy theories yet that you haven't written books about so we don't have to charge you to get the answer for it? Well, my favorite current uh, conspiracy theory is the is the one that Hoagland is putting forth, that NASA has tons and tons and tons of evidence that there's life on Mars and they're hiding it all. I can't imagine why they would hide it, and his explanations of why they would hide it don't make much sense to me, but I think that's the most amusing and bizarre conspiracy theory around. Robert Anton Wilson, can you lastly leave us with something special, the listeners out there in Radio Land? Would it be possible to give an indulgence to the listeners out there and make them popes? Please, a little indulgence. Just for everybody, oh, absolutely. Just for yeah. everybody that's listening to this, Robert Anton Wilson is coming Tuesday, November 19th to the Orpheum, to the Orpheum in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And is there any way you could give an indulgence and make the people that are listening, that have taken the time to listen to this radio show, the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show on CITR, yeah. FM 102, Cable 102, Thank you, British Columbia, Canada. To the listeners out there, can you make them popes, please, Robert yes, Anton Wilson? Yes, as a Scordian pope, I have the authority to make everybody a pope who hears my voice. If you really, truly want to be a Discordian pope, just follow, just repeat after me, spectacles, testicles, brandy, cigars. You are now absolutely infallible and excommunicate every other Discordian pope you meet because not, uh, we Discordians must stick apart. Thank you so much, Robert Anton Wilson, phoning live from California, is it? Yes, California. And coming to Vancouver on Tuesday, November 19th, to the Orpheum Theatre. Anything else you'd like to add to the people out there in Radioland? Why should people care about Robert Anton Wilson? Why should they care about you? Why should they come to you, go and see you on November 19th? Well, I'll tell you, sex is not the answer. Sex is the question. Yes is the answer. So come see me. Great. Thanks so much, Robert Anton Wilson. Right now, we're going to end with a song by Buddy Knox called I Think I'm Going to Kill Myself. So keep on rocking in the free world, Robert Anton Wilson. And doot, doodaloot, do. Robert Anton Wilson? Yes. Doot, doodaloot, do. Doot, doot. So long, so long to you. I hope I don't make you blue, but I think I'm gonna kill myself. I think I'm gonna kill myself. Apart, we've gone, we've gone, and I can't go on alone. 
alone So I think I'm gonna kill myself I think I'm gonna kill myself Now I'll dig my grave with a silver spade Golden chain, lay me down to down Send my remains to my best friend To get a rest to my hole in the ground Rest to my hole in the ground Hi, it's Mike Arkwright here. I'm glad to be out at uh, UBC uh, soon. And you are glad to be listening to CITR 101.9 FM. Enjoy it. Great. Want to try one more? No, i got to go. Hello. This is Gene Smith of Mechanormal. And you, we don't know why, but are listening to CITR. I don't personally listen to this radio station. Yo, yo, check this out. This is Ice-T, the OG and L.A. player, representing on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. You know there's a lot of players up there. It's going down. Okay, hi, this is Cecil Seaskull from Nerdy Girl, and you're listening to CITR FM 101.9 on your radio dial. You're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And uh, who are you on? Who's, who's on the line right now? Hello, are you there? Well, yeah, this is Bill Line. I'm down in uh, Lamy, New Mexico. And who are you, Bill? Well, I'm a writer who's written a book called Space Aliens from the Pentagon. And give a bit about a background about yourself. Uh, well, I was, let's say that I had a background in... Uh, like, go on, perhaps, talk about a bit about the CIA. You were once recruited to join the CIA. Maybe start from your youth. Well, they, they, uh, the CIA uh, attempted to recruit me, but I had a background in Air Force intelligence for a short time when I was in the Air Force. I wasn't very high-ranked, but I was intelligent, so I, I just picked up a lot of stuff uh, about the field of intelligence. And later on, the, intel uh, the uh, CIA and uh, George Bush was apparently uh, impressed enough that he wanted me to be an assistant director uh, in charge of the ninth region of the CIA. What exactly and, uh, did that entail? 
Well, that would have uh, put me in charge of the ninth region, which is the federal region out of Austin, Texas. And it kind of astounded me because I didn't think I was qualified for the position. And the person who made the offer to me was a girlfriend who, whom I just learned had was was a CIA agent, and she was also she didn't tell me this, but she turned out to be related to my first wife. And uh, the offer was coupled with a uh, requirement that I go back to my first wife, which I thought was very odd. And it took me a while to figure out that George Bush and my first father-in-law were buddy buddy back in the fifties. So uh, in in uh, in West Texas, and so I also knew George Bush because my cousin was his private secretary for five years. And when I would go to visit my cousin at Tidewater Oil Company in Houston, well, uh, good old George would come in and out of the office and stop and chat. What did you talk about? Oh, just kind of you know this and that. You know, I was actually I was in Houston once when the, I remember when I met George Bush. For the first time, I was in Houston uh, at the Houston Endowment Corporation, uh, which and something called the Battleground Corporation, which was in the building next door, was in the Gulf Building, and that turned out to be a CIA uh, arrangement. They were trying to shut me up because uh, I had uh, I had announced that I was going to publish the book back in sixty about sixty seven. I was going to publish this book, that, that the same thing, really, except for some things that have happened since then, to make it maybe a little more interesting even. But I was going to publish this book because I was angry about what I was hearing about flying saucers, and I, I had run across some information that they were fabricating this stuff, using physicists and all sorts of things to write books to, uh, to fabricate this stuff about the aliens, which is phony. And I was tired of hearing about it, and I was going to publish this book, and they came down on me like a ton of bricks in the university. Well, I went through a, a long, drawn-out, horrible situation where I was accused. I was set up uh, by a, 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 an art historian. I was set up on a phony charge of scholastic dishonesty, taken before a, a student uh, board and, uh, and, a, and a faculty board and tried and convicted of scholastic dishonesty, which was the whole thing was a setup. And finally, when the whole thing was all over, I announced to the student attorney who had been appointed to represent me, whom I had found out was connected to the CIA, I announced to him that I was going to blow the cover on the whole thing. And uh, right away, the CIA started uh, rolling out the red carpet, giving me uh, things, giving me uh, uh, wonderful things to keep me busy. I was given a commission to do a painting for the Battleground Corporation. It turned out that the Battleground Corporation was uh, was uh, owned by the uh, son or the, the nephew of Jesse Jones, who was uh, mixed up in the, uh, you can read about him, in uh, Trading with the Enemy by Charles Higgum. Uh, he was one of the uh, neo-fascist or fascist Americans who was at one time a Secretary of Treasury under Roosevelt's first administration. Well. So then I found out that Houston Endowment, who was chaired by that same person, that John Jones, was also laundering money for the CIA. So here they had this academic uh, thing set up. And uh, so they were just trying to, uh, to smear me with uh, some real good uh, uh, things, good vibes, to shut me up. And they were giving me all sorts of things. And then I found out it was a CIA operation. Initially, they wanted you to join the CIA. This seems a bit weird. 
Well, yeah. Uh, Why did they want you to join the CAA, and what did you know that made them want you to join the CAA? <laughs> well, it was a number of things. I think it was it, it partly <clears throat> was Bush uh, was probably going to, uh, uh, you know, use me later. Well, that, the typical thing that these guys do is they'll pull somebody in, and then they'll uh, work, eventually you'll end up being like Secretary of State or some damn thing. You know, they'll they'll. Uh, They'll get you in the CIA, and that'll give you some credentials, you know, and, and before the public. And then they'll move you up, and eventually you're you're one of their people. You know what I mean? They they pull you up, and then they'll use you later. It's a it's an Illuminati stunt. It also involves a lot of family connections, and uh, I felt like it was a nepotistic almost thing. I wasn't related to George Bush, but I felt like that George Bush was after some mineral rights that my family owned, and that was the reason he was laying all these things on our family. But I knew that 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 these things were were so family connected. Like the CIA agent, she was related to my ex-wife's. Uh, family, and uh, she owned an oil company, and she was buddy-buddy with Bush because he owned an oil company, and my ex-father-in-law was tied in with some oil companies. So, you know, it was just uh, oil and family, oil and family. Have you kept uh, in contact with George Bush at all, Bill? No, no, no. I, uh, uh, I, uh, I didn't like the idea of I was surprised. I was totally astounded that they would even make an offer to me like that because I had expressed all the while I was going out with this with this lady, I was expressing my disgust with the uh, the CIA and the way they manipulated things, including political parties. I had run across some information where where CIA people were manipulating political parties and all sorts of stuff. And I felt like, uh, gosh, uh, you know, they ought to know that I don't go along with this kind of stuff. Why would they offer me this big job, you know? But I guess they figure they can buy anybody out with enough money or the right right kind of situation. Somehow they got the idea that, uh, that I would, uh, you know, probably accept this or they wouldn't have offered it to me. It paid a lot of money. They I got could, to your father, didn't they? Yeah. They, what they did was... This all happened over here in New Mexico. I, I announced that I was preparing to write this book again in 1977. What's the title of your book? This for listeners out well, there are wondering. It's called Flying Saucers, a man-made, uh, uh, flying saucer, uh, first uh, space aliens from the Pentagon, flying saucers, a man-made electrical machines, and uh, so back in 77, I knew I'd known this guy who's a retired Air Force colonel, uh, who with a degree in law. And I'd, know, I'd known that he was in Air Force Intelligence, and he was supposed to be retired, but I didn't know that he was uh, involved in all this stuff. And, I, and I, he comes out to my house and makes this offer to me. I was uh, interested in writing a book on petroglyphs. I've researched that for years. I have a manuscript on that. And that ties in, ties the petroglyphs in with a lot of ancient uh, civilizations and so forth linguistic connections, all sorts of things. And uh, uh, he, he wanted me to write a book uh, saying that the petroglyphs were left by aliens from space. And he said he had the, the contacts all set up and, uh, and so forth over in Arizona to publish the thing. And I just, I just flipped out. I said, "Boy, I don't know where you got the idea to write trash like that." I said, "The petroglyphs, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I believe are connected to ancient peoples. They're certainly not left by aliens from space." And I said, "That would be a bunch of garbage." And I said, uh, 
you know, there aren't any aliens from space coming down here, and I'm writing this book on flying saucers. And uh, he threatened me and so forth and uh, tried to get me to shut up about it. And uh, then I found out uh, through a girlfriend that he had trained the people known as the Two. Now, there are a couple that run a, run a group called Osiris, and they went around all over the West and, and Midwest They'd go into towns and tell people, and, and they'd have a following pretty soon, and they would say they were going to uh, all be picked up and carried away to their home planet. And uh, then they'd all disappear, and their cars would be left parked somewhere out on a hill somewhere. And uh, then the cars would be towed in, and then uh, somebody got curious and started tracing these uh, license plates and found out it was the same people doing it all over the place. So here you've got a very expensive thing where these people move around, they go into communities, and then they pull off this, this fraud. The cars are hauled into a public pound, then they're subsequently released, which means that the public officials are involved in, in the hoax uh, because they, wouldn't, they would announce that these people had been found if, if, uh, you know, if, if they weren't because uh, these people were supposed to be missing people you know, after that. So then they'd use the cars again in another place and so forth and so on. So uh, that's just one of the many things that I address in the book. But basically, uh, one, of the, one of the things I want to cover in the book is that I'm uh, emphasizing is uh, that, uh, that this idea of aliens from space is, uh, originated with the government. And, uh, and, it, and specifically, it originated with the Nazis. They were the ones that started spreading this to conceal flying saucers and uh, which they were building. They got from America, by the way. They got the, they got the secret of flying saucers from America. It was invented by Nikola Tesla, and it was stolen from him by a, by a spy uh, named George Sylvester Furick, who, who was a, a well-known intellectual and, uh, and poet. And, uh, but he, he got next to Tesla somehow. Maybe some background on Tesla, a bit of background on Tesla, Bill Lynn. And again, we're talking here to Bill Lynn from New Mexico, Santa Fe, New Mexico? Uh, yeah, or Lamey, outside, just outside Santa Fe. Just Lamey. outside Santa Fe. And if you have any questions for Bill regarding UFOs and his book called UFOs Are Real or UFOs, Aliens from the Pentagon, um, you can phone here at CITR at 822-2487. That's UBCCITR. We can't put you on there, but we can relay your question to Bill if you'd like. Um, just going back there, I guess your father, was he run over by the CIA? Uh, no. Uh, Nikola Tesla was run over by the Nazis in New York City. But no, I mean, your, your dad, your father. My, my father was, my father was coming out of. <clears throat> I saw a flying saucer. Our whole family was having an ice cream party with some friends in 1953, and a flying 